Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today am delighted to have Eric, Eric Melkor, who has a couple of uh, job functions at the moment. So he's, uh, first of all, the personalization ambassador at Optimunk. And he is the host of the Innovators Can Laugh podcast. So tell me about that first, Eric. Welcome to the show. And um, please explain what what the Innovators Can Laugh podcast is about. Hey, Elias. Happy to be here. So since I'm an expat living in Europe, I, uh, I thought it'd be fun to create this podcast called Innovators Can Laugh, where I interview fast-growing startups that are based in Europe. And uh, I get them to share their growth strategies and tips in a fun, casual, like coffee-like, you know, conversation. Uh, it's not too serious. And then the audience gets to learn some uh, some fun facts about them as well. And we just try to have fun during the show. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. So people can find that any on any podcast platform, right? Yes, they can. Just oh, okay. search for Innovators Can Laugh. I'll, uh, I'll put it in the show notes for people that are uh, currently driving or maybe biking to work. Um, so uh, <laughs> please don't fall off your bike. It's in the show notes. Um, and you're the personalization ambassador at Optimonk. So explain me how you became that, because on your LinkedIn profile, I saw some references to a, a former guest uh, or a company that was on the podcast before, Bonjoro, personal video. So explain me how you came to be the personalization ambassador at Optimonk. And after that, what, what Optimonk does. Yeah, absolutely. So Shabajado, who is the co-founder of OptiMonk, he was a guest on my podcast uh, a while back, and we had a really good conversation uh, around personalization, but we just had a great conversation overall. He actually was a pro gamer before he he became a startup founder and was the, uh, I can't remember the specific game, but uh, he was the number one player in Hungary and got to compete worldwide <laughs> in this game with all the other professional players. Of course, he lost against the Koreans and the Japanese uh, in the final tournaments. But anyway, we had a great conversation, and then we collaborated on different webinars where he was sharing the uh, the benefits uh, of Optimunk, and I did the same thing for Bonjuro. And uh, since I'm in the personalization space, I really liked what they were doing, how they're trying to treat visitors uh, as people and not just as traffic. And so when the opportunity came that, hey, they're looking for an ambassador for OptiMonk, uh, I was his first choice and we began talking and now I've sort of morphed into this role because I love personalization. Uh, I'm all about relationships outside of work. I host once a month, different gatherings for a lot of strangers, anywhere from 15 to 20 people. And I get them to make connections and build relationships. And then when I interact with somebody online, uh, I do it in such a way that uh, I, I just make it meaningful. And mm -hmm. and so people remember that. And uh, I'm all about building connections and introducing people to other people. So that's why uh, it was a good fit for, for both of us. And uh, I think what you'll like, I think uh, the audience will like uh, what they have to hear about OptiMonk as we get into it. Cool, cool. So when you talk about personalization, what kind of personalization are you talking about? Because some channels you've already mentioned, like in, in person or email, maybe social web traffic. Uh, um, and um, what what kind of uh, personalization are you talking about when you talk about 
Yeah, what, what absolutely. Kind of, what, what do you mean by personalization? Specifically website personalization. So OptiMonk is a platform where we help small and medium-sized businesses really, really just implement the tools that can make the shopper's experience more meaningful by delivering messages that are relevant. Uh, instead of trying to trick the, the person into giving them your email so you could build their list or using different tools to try to reduce card abandonment rate, uh, things like that, which current businesses try, most, mostly e-commerce stores, they try. We're about thinking long-term. Think mm -hmm. like Amazon. Amazon really takes a long-term customer approach, and they're, they're all about delivering value at every step of the journey. And so we're trying to give consumers basically Amazon-like superpowers, but for the smaller uh, retailers and smaller e-commerce e shops that are on WooCommerce and Shopify and, and many other platforms. Cool. So... Um, when you talk about personalization and making that meaningful, and I think that's that's a powerful uh, statement that you're that you're putting out there um, to make this really meaningful to build long-lasting relationships. On the other hand, I've seen a lot of personalization uh, engines or uh, software solutions that try to personalize at scale, but in the end. Uh, well, if if you break it down to the personal experience, don't don't offer like a real great experience. So, how do you solve that? And and what are some of the misconceptions of personalization that you've seen? Yeah, I think a good segue into what's a bad experience is a, a recent experience I had here in uh, in Romania. So, I had to mail a card to my mom. It was her birthday, and I walk into the post office, and I, I say in my best Romanian, uh, you know, "Vreau cumpăr un stempa." And the lady looks at me and she shakes her head no. And this should be the easiest transaction anywhere in the world, right? Right, Elias? I mean, you oh, walk well, into a... To me, it sounded like you would want to buy a stamp, right? Yeah. I'm walking <laughs> that, in there with an envelope. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> I'm walking in there with an envelope, right? Yeah. And she's like shaking her head no. And so I stand my ground and I say it a little bit louder. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That that works. Typically that, works. Just just talk louder. <laughs> right. That, that's what everybody does, right? Let me talk louder in case she didn't understand me the first time. <laughs> and she starts waving her finger no. And I'm just like, am I in the twilight zone here? I'm, I'm in a, I know I'm in a post office. I've got an envelope in my hand. What's going on here? And so luckily there was this other lady in line and uh, she came to help me out and she transferred to the lady. She's like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, well, I'm in a post office. I want to mail the letter. And she tells the lady working behind the window. And the lady says, well, I'm not going to mail the letter. He has to go outside and put the envelope in the mailbox himself. And I can see the mailbox outside the door. Mm -hmm. And I think I can do that, but I still need the stamp. And, uh, and so she tells the lady that and the lady says, fine. And she sells me the stamp. And I'm just so confused because... This should have been such an easy transaction, but it was a really hor horrible experience. <laughs> but in, it's a horrible experience because she treated me like like she treated everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what most businesses do, unfortunately. They treat all of their visitors to their website the same. But there, there are tools available now where you can give different segments of people um, a personalized shopping experience. And before we talk about personalization, what's a bad experience when it comes to online shopping? Some examples are you go to a website and immediately there's a pop-up for, uh, you know, give me your email and I'll give you a 10% off coupon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's I know horrible. those. Yeah. You know those. And okay, maybe you were going to buy something right there and then you think, okay, great. I get 
10% off and you take, you take the coupon, but more than likely, you're never going to pay full price, you know, at that website again, because you know, oh, if I just go there or if I just leave, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to give me a discount. Right. So that tactic, it's a bad experience because you're not even sure if that person is purchase ready, mm-hmm. right? You're not even sure uh, what they're there for. Maybe they're 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 just in the discovery phase and they're not sure what kind of product that they need. So they need more education. But you're trying to like get that short term quick win and saying, hey, here's here's a coupon. Give me your email. So you know that's one example. Another bad experience is uh, creating irrelevant offers. And so you create this really nice Google paid search ad or Facebook ad, and a person clicks on it, they get to the landing page, and the messaging on that page has nothing to do with the ad that you clicked on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there's a mismatch of expectations there. And that, that's another you know bad experience. But a lot of advertisers do that. A lot of advertisers create a false sense of urgency by having a countdown window, like, hey, take advantage now. And if you order in the next 15 minutes, you get X percentage off. Or they just offer the same messages, you know, for for everybody, regardless of where that person came from, if they came from another country or if they came from another channel, it's just the same messaging. So those are, in my opinion, really bad digital experiences. E- Elias, have have has something come to your mind in terms of what what is what is another bad experience that I'm missing here? Yeah, well, I've I've seen I've had some quite bad experiences with people that try to personalize based on IP, for example. So um, companies have IP numbers, and there's different kind of personalization engines that basically that basically will personalize you based on your IP. So your IP tells you which country you're in, mm-hmm. but you could also enrich that data, right? So you could yep. say, hey, this is um, well, I my company's marketing guy, so um, the, our IP is is known. So there is uh, services that sell that data and say, hey, if that IP comes to the website this and this companies associated with it. Um, but uh, my company is in the chamber of commerce has a different name. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's a abbreviation. So it's, it's called Margu, uh, it, which <laughs> is short for marketing guys. So yeah. I've had it multiple times that I came to websites says, Hey, Margu, how are you? Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, or, People that try to personalize based on scraped data from LinkedIn, that, that's even worse. You know, you know those sequences that you might be in, uh, people use uh, solutions like outreach and sales all the time. So they would send me uh, an email. It's like, hey, Elias, I saw you are the CEO slash host of the podcast Marketing Technologies at Marketing Guys dash helping companies succeed i'm like oh you got this from linkedin that's that's like a a very bad experience so people just scrape that data try to personalize but everyone sees it's automated immediately so as soon as you see that you just well it's it's right into the bin the digital bin yeah yeah those are those are pretty bad they they think that they're getting it right because it's so personalized, but it's a little, it's a little too personalized in the sense that they're, they're getting a little, something little wrong like that because they're just pulling it from the the wrong place. But, you know, one good example of taking the IP address is, um, is location. So we Mm -hmm. have, we have a client Woodhouse clothing. They're a retailer based in the States. And if you go to their website from Hungary, from the Netherlands, from Romania, they, they have a nice little side message that appears and it just says, welcome, you know, we ship to Romania. Uh, you can shop in your local currency and all prices include taxes. 
And all shipping is free if your order is above 500 lei, which is the Romanian currency. Ooh. So in my opinion, that's a really good Absolutely. Yeah. example of, of taking the IP address and personalizing that welcome message and just establishing that sense of trust and letting the consumer, the you know, the the the, the person know that we do ship there where you're where you're at. And you can shop in your local currency. So to me, that is a great example of a personalized experience. Absolutely, absolutely. So um do you um also enrich that data um to a certain extent? Like because some some other uh let's say uh uses that I've seen of personalization is enrich that IP data with for example, industry. So if it's if it's uh, uh, someone that 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 comes in through a um, a, a, a network at a, a university, mm-hmm. uh, people would see that it's a student or someone from within the lecturers network in the in this in this university, and they would show solutions for universities. Or if it's from a hospital, people would show healthcare solutions or whatsoever. Is, have you seen those ones as well? Yes. And so we have some brands that enrich their data based on the UTM tagging of mm-hmm. their ads or their organic uh, or their blog pages. And so based on the UTM tagging, if they know that it's a certain segment of visitors uh, that are really interested in a certain topic or category, maybe the retailer sells bikes, but there's different kinds of bikes. There's mountain bikes, you know, there's road bikes, there's bikes for kids. And so if they tag that in in their advertising or different, um, you know, blog pages and with the platform, it can recognize, okay, this tag, this, this tag was with a specific segment. And so now when they come to the website, then we can really tailor uh, the messaging and the copy to make it more appealing to that specific segment. And then also uh, if they were interested in mountain bikes, for example, then on the page, we could just show, you know, a little row that says our most popular mountain bikes. Right. So we're just really trying to tailor the experience um, just a little bit more personalized into, you know, who the person is based on their activity, based on their behavior, based on their interests or based on however uh, you're doing your advertising based on the different UTM parameters that you set up. Love it. So two questions I would have about that, because that's what probably marketers are thinking as well that that might be listening to the podcast is how hard is it to do all this because to me it's it all sounds extremely powerful but it could also be a lot of work so how how does it work and how how easy is it to do this i got two words for you elias no code no No code code. we love no code (laughs) (laughs) i'm a marketer i've created a shopify store i've gone through here and we worked on all the different examples of how you can personalize a shopping experience for different segments, different campaigns, uh, different use cases. If I can do it, then anybody can do it because I don't even know HTML. So that should give you some clue as to how easy this is to set mm-hmm. up. It's really easy to set up, no code required. Uh, if you have just any basic familiarity of following directions, um, it's pretty It's pretty simple. I, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And it works just within any shopping solution. Let's say WooCommerce or Magento or whatever kind of solution people are using. We have direct integrations with those uh, platforms as well as many other platforms, BigCommerce, Shopify, uh, WordPress. Uh, There's over a dozen different big platforms out there that we have direct integrations. And then we also have 
dozens of integrations with email marketing platforms like ActiveCampaign, HubSpot, and MailChimp, and many others as well. Nice, nice. So the the other question that that I have here is a little bit more technical, but um, when you're doing those campaigns and you're building those audiences that you are going to show personalized experiences, how do you uh, handle um, uh, um, cross device usage uh, by by the audience? So if they're they're coming to, to visit you through an ad on their iPad and then afterwards they're turning on their MacBook and then they're using their iPhone if they're in the Apple uh, in the Apple uh, let's say atmosphere but um, could be any Android uh, as well but how do you treat that? Yeah great question Elias and it's so different among the browsers specifically. Um, if they're coming in from Safari for example and this is the worst example but if they're coming in from Safari, <laughs> then really the cookie, the max number of days is going to be seven days that we're going to recognize that. But if they're coming in from, let's say you have a Shopify store and uh, the Shopify store, if you implement or integrate uh, OptiMonk with Shopify store, then we can track that visitor up to about a year uh, with Shopify. But on average, it's about 30 days when you look at the, the major platforms out there like Chrome and, um, and, and Firefox. But the cross, it, it again, it, it depends on how you have your cookies enabled, but it also depends mostly on your your web browser. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Chrome obviously uh, will be uh, a little more friendly to marketers than uh, than probably uh, Safari, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. The average number of days for a Chrome uh, a Chrome store, Chrome uh, person using OptiMonk is about thirty days. Okay, cool, love it. So um, it you just mentioned some examples of e-commerce stores that use it. Is this also um, something B2B marketers can use? They do. We have <laughs> we have some agencies and they they told us that they're having some clients, uh, B2B clients that started using OptiMonk. And uh, we were surprised because we asked why. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. we're mostly telling for e-commerce. And there's a few things that they're using it for. One is we've got this cool little feature and it's sort of like this reminder feature if a person is filling out a form, maybe a free trial form, and they don't complete it. Uh, maybe they get sidetracked. Their kids are yelling in the background, and they go do something, and then they come back. Well, if the uh, if the platform detects that they had been idle for for a while, um, then we have this nice little message that appears that says, uh, "We noticed that you've been idle. Do you, idle? Do you need some help? Uh, you know, chat with us, and you can implement a little chat widget if you're using chat. Um, so that's a nice little feature to help uh, to help people to complete their form uh, that follows them. And um, the other thing too that that we notice is the um, is the people that are visiting maybe from a a different country, and so they land on a website, but it's it's a website really tailored for the states. But the person is uh, coming in from Germany, and so there's like a nice little message that can appears and says, "Would you like to go to our German website?" And uh, they can either click yes or no. Right, so that's the other little feature that that people are using us for that are really focused on B two B. Yeah, that's that's what I've seen as well. So basically, they're using personalization uh, solutions more or less like a guide uh, mm -hmm. to to visitors. So that's that's cool. So the the final question that I would have uh, for you today is how personalization uh, can be measured as far as uh, improvements in results. So have you seen examples of uh, users of of OptiMonk that that have seen significant 
significant, let's say, uh, increases in orders or maybe uh, time on site. So what kind of, of metrics do you use and what kind of stat- statistics can you share or results can you share about people that actually are using personalization? Uh, we have several. We have a lot of different use cases. When you read our testimonials on our website, most of those testimonials are tied to our use case. And so um, we have a lot of a lot of increase in sales, anywhere from like 30 to 60%. And the number one thing that people are using to increase sales is basically what I was indicating earlier is tying those UTM uh, campaigns, those tags, those parameters, plugging those into Optimunk. So that way, if you have different value propositions that you're advertising for your product or service, when that person clicks on that specific ad, they're going to go to a page on Optimunk and the messaging, the headline, the image can be related or is related to that specific uh, messaging that was featured on the ad. And you don't need to create multiple landing pages for this. If you just put the UTM parameters within Optimunk, then you can basically have the message uh, be displayed dynamically or actually embedded into the messaging. And so that's what that's what a lot of advertisers have been using the platform for, uh, for because uh, they noticed that there's an increase in conversions. I mean, it's relatable. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I recommend for any advertisers. If you're doing any sort of paid search uh, or any paid advertising on Facebook, start thinking about the complete experience, making sure that the experience from the ad carries over onto the landing page. And you can do that with this platform. Cool. Love it. So what I'll do is I'll share a link to OptiMonk's website so listeners can look up those use cases themselves. Um, And I will share a link to your LinkedIn profile, Eric, so people can link uh, to you should they want to know more. Uh, And with that, I would like to thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Hey, Elias, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.